Hi, this is Claudia Gray, and you're listening to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. O is for Obi-Wan Kenobi. All rebel fighters met at fleet headquarters to plan their attack. Princess Leia addressed them. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Another chapter is here. Welcome to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am excited to be here with my co-host. She is wiser than the twisted love child of Yoda and Jocasta Nu. I give you the one and only, the Lady of Lore. Lindsay. What would that even look like? I, I feel like it's a little Jason Sindula going on, you know, where yeah, it's like, how yeah. does he have green hair? You just be like, would it be? <laughs> I think that every single time. It would be like, why are his ears blue? That doesn't make any biological sense. Like, yeah. it's all recessive genes. That's what it is. It must be. It's the only explanation. So, um, also, like. That would be that 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 situation, if you will, is like one of those ones where you want to imagine it just because you're like, how would that work? But then you also are like, oh, would that work? Right? The kind of like the whole the whole L three Lando thing. You don't want to linger on it. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like, what are what are Lando and L three doing? Do I really want to know? I don't know if I really do want to. Yeah, you know, uh, what is it called? Ignorance is bliss. I'm good with that. Yes, this is the prime case. So today we are going to do a kind of a mixed episode. Um, There are a lot of books coming out lately, and um, we're kind of in different places on reading all of those. So we are going to look at the Afra radio drama that just released and kind of do a look ahead to um, stories that we know are coming out uh, for the rest of this year and into 2021 and just kind of discussing um, our thoughts and hopes on um, some of the major ones, um, whether that be in the High Republic with the Mandalorian and just kind of what we would like to see moving forward for um, the Star Wars canon. But before we get into that, Lindsay, I know you, you're an adventurous reader, whereas I literally only read Star Wars. So are you reading anything uh, non-Star Wars lately? Uh, I am, but nothing that I think anyone else would find interesting. Um, I like to do a lot of nonfiction, actually. So I'm reading what is probably more akin to like college textbooks right now just for fun because why not so, so joseph campbell is what you're saying it's you know it's, <laughs> it's it's that kind of read and i love them i like breeze through them i think they're really interesting but i know not to recommend them to anybody so like when people say you know oh, i'm going to the beach what have you read lately Lately, what's good? I'm not going to be like, oh, the righteous mind or the lies that bind. You know, <laughs> they're not they're not really enjoyable for other people. I know this about myself. I have accepted this about myself. But yeah, I've been I've been doing some not quite homework, but homework type reading. Yeah, I go through like years long stages of like reading a certain type of thing, like from. Growing up, I, I was reading, you know, for for the school reading program just so that I could get done with those so I could read the books I actually wanted to. So, but after that, after once I got to like high school and stuff, it was pretty much all nonfiction, um, mostly like sports books up until probably like Force Awakens came out in 2015, probably up to like 2013. So a good five years of like nothing but sports nonfiction books and then getting back into Star Wars now it's now when I read something other than Star Wars I'm like but it's just not Star Wars it's got it takes a really particular author yeah it's like my mind is like sometimes you have an author you know like uh, I've mentioned it before um and I'm just blanking on the name of it but the Delilah Dawson series um where the oh it's like the credit card yeah yeah where the banks take over or whatever um that was one that was able to break through and and really get me um i'm a sucker for a john green book but mostly yeah i I read something other than star wars to take a break and i'm just like i don't i don't care i I just i feel like there's comfort almost like trained myself 
to, as soon as I pick up a fiction book, my mind immediately goes into Star Wars, right? So it's weird for me to pick up a fiction book and then having to build a world. I like it, uh, but it it takes a second, whereas picking up a Star Wars book at this point just feels so natural and I can so quickly jump into it, as opposed to, like, where in literally where in the world are we? Yeah, and I mean, I, I put out a tweet yesterday just as a, a fun little thing of if you were, you could only watch uh, one movie, one TV show and read one book for the rest of your life and it's not Star mm. Wars, what would it be? And there are some really good answers if you want to see um, some some combinations. You're like, okay, that makes sense. And some combinations you're like, wow, you are all over the place. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> not in a judgmental way, but in like a, okay, like diverse interests, um, which I completely lack. Very eclectic, yeah. So I mine was pretty easy when it came to the the movie and the the book. Um, now I'm blanking on what I put for the movie or the TV show. The TV show was Once Upon a Time for sure, um, and then That's the movie. That's a great show. I absolutely love that show. It like it's so insanely good. And now I'm trying to remember what I put for the. Um, the movie but the book i got stuck on like i literally i didn't even send the tweet because i still haven't figured out what book i would put rather than um you know reading star wars like and, and i'm like okay i'll go look in my closet and see and literally it's all star wars and harry potter stuff so <laughs> yeah it would probably have to be some kind of harry potter thing I think it would, honestly, I think it would be The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. That's the yeah. only book I've ever read in a, a single day. Um, and it was on my second read that I read it in a single day. That's how, how good that book is. But yeah, I probably need to branch out a little bit more. But um, that's honestly, that's what I use like my, uh, the books I read to my students. That's what I use that for to kind of um, break out a little bit. And ah. um, like I found a really good book called uh, Brown Girl Dreaming, which is a autobiographical fictionalized book of poetry about a girl growing up in, um, uh, I think it's in South Carolina or Georgia um, during the civil rights era. Really, really good. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to redo that one this year, but right now I'm actually, so with all the virtual learning and everything um, going on, I figured out how to put, kindle on my computer and uh screen record so i've actually been doing um a little novel study uh where i read and kind of break down the text for the princess the scoundrel and the farm boy which is by uh alexandra bracken i I believe is her name um and it's a retelling of a new hope it's one the first third is leia the second third is han and the last part is uh luke so i'm doing those in little five to ten minute um sections and looking at how the author, uh, you know, works in a text. So if that's something um, that you're interested in or you think uh, maybe your kids would be into, uh, send me a DM and I can I can send you that link. Um, but that's been a lot of fun just to kind of like really do what we do here, but actually like while reading the book, breaking down the minutia of it um, is a lot of fun. Dude, it's nice that you get to do that. I mean, it makes, it makes planning a whole lot less worse because oh my god is this online stuff is is absolutely insane i can't even imagine um so you know it's been fun and it's kind of cool because it's it's bringing together like three of my favorite things which is podcasting reading and teaching you know because essentially essentially i'm doing like a read-along podcast because i'm not on the screen i'm just recording over top and so um it's been it's been a fun experience and to kind of look at like I've discovered, you know, more about Leia because that's the section we're in right now and how she really, she, at the start of A New Hope, she's really stubborn and hard-headed and trying to prove herself um, without the assistance of others. Even when Han and Luke, you know, break her out and, and she has to save them, she's still trying to drag them along like dead weight, you know, and her her story is as much about, like, you know, falling in love with Han and defeating the Empire. As much as it's about that, it's about her learning to trust others and realize that, you know, uh, big things are not achieved alone. Dude, any undertaking of a project where you, of all people, can still find something to learn about Leia, like, you know that's a good exercise then. <laughs> it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I thought you would know everything there is to know about Leia. 
Well, I mean, it's that's kind of like why I like Once Upon a Time because it takes the the characters and it reimagines them in a new way that makes sense with the canonical versions of them, if you will, yes, but also yeah. broadens the characters. And that's the same kind of thing here because you're getting more scenes with Leia. So you get a scene with her um, trying to, uh, she beats up some stormtroopers to try to break away and um, steal a ship um, and fails. You get to see Vader telling her about the Senate being um, dissolved and her reaction to that and stuff. And so it's been really interesting to kind of look at that because I'm also looking at it through the lens of like, okay, this is the lesson that I'm trying to teach the kids for the day, right? So Mm -hmm. I have a very specific focus for those, you know, five to 10 minutes on what I'm looking for, which is not something I normally do. You know, I'm normally just trying to take in everything and figure out whatever I can. Um, But when you really get down to looking at it, uh, you know, page by page and word by word, it's fun, you know. Um, so, anyways, that's that. That's what I've been up to. If you want, if you want more on that, just let me know. I'll I'll shoot you the link. And uh, it's not under the Clashing Sabers banner because it's for for my job, but it's a public um, channel, and so I can just shoot you the link there. And, and if you want to check those out, but I think it's time. Um, let's go ahead and, and get into our topic for today, which is uh, Doctor Afra and the new uh, audio drama that came out. So. Wanted to kind of break in a new format we're going to try out here on uh, Don't Burn the Sacred Text. We are going to actually each give a rating with no context. Uh, we're going to give a rating first so we can see where are we starting uh, this conversation at. And then at the end, we will give another rating to see whether uh, our opinion of the book, if you will, has improved, has uh, decreased, or has stayed the same. So. Lindsay, I am going to let you start it first. Uh, on a scale of one to five, um, what do we want to what do we want to do? Uh, one to five murder droids. How many how many murder droids do you give this book? <laughs> um. Okay, for right now, while it's still only an audio drama form, I'm only going to give it a two. Wow. Okay. All right, uh, so we're definitely starting from very different places because I'm giving this a four. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't know you, because you and I, so we've gotten pretty good about not really chatting while we're reading it or before we record. Right. Because we used to, we used to like, chat the entire time while we were reading, so we would sit down, and I always kind of knew what you were going to say, but you putting it at a four is actually really surprising to me. So just real quick to go back to, to something you were saying before, you know, that this is only an audio form. For those of you that are not familiar, this uh, audio drama is covering the first, I think, volume, maybe two volumes of the uh, original Vader run um, where he actually meets Afra and everything. So if you've read that and you're you know, wondering about checking out the audio drama, uh, that's a a good place to start. I don't think we'll get a book version of this like we did with Dooku Jedi Lost because we kind of already have that. Um, but that said, I, I, the reason, the main reason I put this as a four is I think Afra's character works a lot better in this audio drama format because you can really feel her emotions. You can feel the, the swagger she has, the angst she has. Um, I became much more invested Okay, full spoilers, obviously everybody, uh, full spoilers always on the show. I became a lot more invested in um, her and Sana's relationship, whereas before I just kind of breezed by it because I'm okay. I'm not against Afra or uh, Sana. I'm just not super invested in them. They're just not my jam. Um, I like them. Well, I well, think they, they were not your jam before this, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a good way to put it because I think... Um, and part of this may be just how I'm reading it, but when I'm reading the comics, you know, you 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 don't have the author being able to put words about their inflection or the emotion that they have when they're saying it. Like, it's all, you know, in the picture and in the words, but you can kind of put your own spin on a comic, I feel like, a lot more than you can a uh, a novel or an audio drama like this. And so being able to really feel those emotions of Afra connected me with her in a way that I really hadn't before. Um, and, and I appreciated that. And I, I think 
that this is, uh, you know, a format that really, you know, it's it. They've got two hits, in my opinion, on their hands, um, and and I'm hoping it's something we get more. Whether it's these interpretations or, you know, just taking the character. How I think it would be really cool if we'd had, you know, Afro stories just in audio drama format. Um, that's how much I, I really really enjoyed this one. So, walk us. Let's let's I guess. Put it all out there, though. What was your experience with Afra before this? I, I, what I mean is, I know just like every other comic book, I wake up early Wednesday morning, I get the digital copy, and I just read it as soon as it comes out. You though wait and do the kind of the serial version of it, though, correct? Yeah, I wait until um, the volumes come out digitally um, most of the time. Um, and get those. If it's a one shot, um, like some of the age ofs, I I got those. But for the most part, especially in the longer story arcs, I wait for the uh, the full thing to come out. So with Afra, especially with Afra, because she's just a whole new character, I kind of had a general uh, sense of the reaction to her, the positive reaction and stuff going into to reading those and. I really, I mean, I enjoyed the stories. Again, Afro was never like my ride or die. She was always, I, I liked having someone who um, was so desperate to work for Vader, and that's something we can get into later. Like, I liked what they were doing with their character, but just personally, like, I didn't have, I, I didn't relate to her very well. Um, so she was just kind of, she was always there. Um, I never was against having her in, in the stories, but. It wasn't like a, a Leia or an Ahsoka or a Hera where, like, I'm going to read that story for that character. And as the volumes went on and the stories got weirder and weirder, um, I started to like it a lot less. So um, I, don't, I wouldn't say that my opinion of Afra had diminished any. I think it had kind of stayed the same. But the storytelling that was happening with her became really disappointing for me. Yeah, um, maybe Especially that's- into, like... Yeah. More what it is. Because I similarly, when Afra first came out and when that series first started, I was totally hooked. I was like, this is a great character. This is something new. It's fresh, exciting. We're not really getting this story, this type of story elsewhere. But it just became really repetitive. And I think I held that against Afra. But maybe you're right. And maybe it's more that I should have held it against the writing. And the lack of creativity, almost. Well, and I think, and I've brought this up before, I think that there is an issue when we try to make Star Wars into straight-up sci-fi. I think that some of the books that fall flat in Legends that I've read are because they're they're sci-fi-focused rather than you know, uh, mythology focused. And I think that's yeah. kind of what we have with Afra. Um, as we go on, you know, we get more and more sci-fi. Um, we get like ghosts and, and yeah, different yeah, things. Because it, it started. And I think this is something people really forget. It started as the Indiana Jones of star Wars. You know, it started as we're going to go back and look at a lot of these legends and a lot of this kind of folklore and maybe even learn more about ancient Jedi. And then, yeah, it turned into just, you know, robots and, and haunted houses, stuff like that. Yeah, which, I mean, again, like, if that's your jam, go for it. But for me, that's not not something that appeals to me very much. Like, I don't like, I don't watch or read a lot of sci-fi outside of Star Wars stuff, you know, um, which I would classify more as fantasy. But I think with this audio drama, you get to... Um, like I said, you get to feel her emotions a lot more. And one thing I noticed is that Afra, um, she's very much, she tries to act like she doesn't care about things that she's actually really invested in. Um, I, I kind of uh, equated it to the, like that high school girl who is like a major gossip. But then if you talk to her, she's like, oh, no, I hate gossip. I don't want drama. Right. Uh, but she she like feeds off. It. It's the watching solo the other day um that moment when han is uh you know uh, han and beckett and all of them on savarine are lined up and then emphasis and her team are lined up on the other side and um he you know tries to uh say you know i got 30 hired guns over there and the falcon flies away i'm like 
that's an Afro moment. That's something that would happen to Afro. And then also at the same time, um, him trying to present himself as an outlaw uh, when Kira really knows he's a good guy. I think that that's um, a direction that maybe they should go with Afra. Um, this story really made me feel uh, because, again, it got me more invested in that personal relationship. So I think, you know, we have this character of Afra, which is really cool that she is outside of like pure empire, pure rebellion. You know, she's self interested to a fault, but not in a. Uh, egomaniacal kind of way as like Han or Lando um, that we see and it's it's a different take on that and I don't know if I want to see like a full air quotes like redemption you know like we get with Han um, but I would like to see her kind of going on that journey of self-discovery that I think being able to spend the time with just her going through this set of events um really opened that up a lot more and we got more of that self-discovery that regret um that realization that you know if she's left with nobody she's left with nothing see for me though it was just too heavy-handed i think when we see han's redemption and even when we see his backstory in solo and all that it comes across as very natural right it's it's a well-built character he's not sitting there every 10 seconds saying, hey, this is what I am, this is who I am. He's just doing these things, right? Whereas Afra, I don't know if this is a problem for for the character Afra or the medium in which they're, they're telling these stories. I just don't like when it's like every 10 minutes we need to stop and like she is just talking about all of these past regrets with her, you know, her parents and and her former life. And what I always find find weird with Afra is she puts on or thinks she puts on this tough exterior and there's no getting to her. But as soon as someone brings it up, it can be a total stranger. There were points at in this story, in this audio drama, where she's talking to a complete stranger, you know, the the um guy who like took care of Padme's body when she died. And she just tells him everything and she just goes off on like this long winded emotional rant. And that's fine if that's the character that they want to build, but they're trying to build this tough character who just cracks every single second. And that's not really interesting to me. See, I would disagree because I would make the argument that she has PTSD from um, her childhood and as somebody who has PTSD from his childhood, like that's something that just, it happens. It happens a lot more often than you would think, even with issues that you have legitimately resolved and come to terms with. Like sometimes I'll just be randomly going through my day and then I'll be in a different place that I can literally like, I can smell, I can taste the air. Like that's from years ago um, that I have no, there was no context, nothing triggered it or anything like that. Um, and and so it's it's almost like it haunts you even even though you've come to terms with it and i think that's kind of something we see with avra here and for somebody who you know runs her mouth a lot speaking from somebody who runs his mouth a lot like a lot of times you'll end up in a conversation about something benign and then your your mind just makes those connections and all of a sudden you know it's 30 minutes later and you're like why did i tell this random person all of this stuff um, yeah, but where, if you're going to do that every, you know, in this case, couple of chapters, we'll say in real life, if you're going to do that every couple of days, can you still really go on and put on the airs that you are this tough person who's not dealing with anything? I think that... My can you put on the airs? Yes, you can. It, it's, no, I think my issue with Afra is she tries so hard to say, like, this is who I am, I know who I am, but really she has no idea. Well, but that's what I'm saying is it's that journey of self-discovery that I think she's going on. Like, I I, I think the best direction to go with her would be to, to stop getting, stop trying to do all this weird force stuff that doesn't m- make sense for what her character is supposed to be and have her going on that journey of self-discovery of having more of a long-term, like, her realizing, you know, that she's putting on this mask, if you will, of this tough exterior that she wants everybody to see, um, but literally everybody sees through it you know it it's a lot like uh when i had my eating disorder i would put on this you know face that i was fine everything was good like my life was great and all this stuff right and 
once I was in recovery, people were like, we never, we never believed that. Like we never, I would, I would play this, you know, tough guy who lifted weights and, you know, macho, whatever. And people are like, nah, bro, I didn't even, (laughs) we didn't, we saw straight through it, but we knew that you had to come to terms with it yourself. And I think that that's, um, kind of the journey that hopefully Afra's going on uh, in the long run, which I think the audio format like this would be, be a good way to do it. I don't know, man, because you say this is the journey she's going on and, and maybe in the long run. But like, I've been sitting with this character for five years now. I don't know how much more I need for her to finally go on that journey, especially something like this, where it kind of takes place before everything else that we already saw. And it's like, if she's not going to start going on that journey and coming to terms with all of this after five years... When is she going to do it? When are they finally going to give us that well-rounded character as opposed to using her as like a plaything for different types of stories, whether it be the haunted house stuff or the audio stuff? You know, I think they they kind of just use her as a guinea pig instead of letting us really come to terms with a complete character. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that's where she's at now. I'm saying that that's where I hope that they would go with her. That was an angle I'd never considered until this this uh, audio drama. Like I've listened to it twice now and I feel like because we get that other side of Afra, um we get that internal dialogue and also we get her being honest with Sana, you know, who's the one person she I think feels like she can be totally honest with. Um, and then we even get those moments where she, you know, is like pause recording or uh, mark this so I can go back and change it later. Like we see those insecurities see, I didn't and like stuff. Those though. Oh, I love those. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like. And it, maybe it's just a personal preference type thing. It just didn't work for me. Like it. It kind of contradicts everything you're saying, where she's going on this journey of self discovery. And she's starting to realize these things, but she's not accepting it. And that's what kind of pisses me off is that, again, I've been seeing with this character for five years and she always does this. She always gets like right there, but then they don't let her get to that final step of accepting this or changing it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, And I I think in just purely looking at the comics and and mind you like i honestly don't remember a lot that's happened in the afro comics so i was coming into this with a, with a pretty fresh brain like i remember i remember there you know as it went on i you know disliked it more and more um and and wasn't really in the, invested in the storytelling so i've you know not necessarily pushed it out of my brain but i don't have it in my brain like i do like a lost stars or a dark disciple or whatever right so I was kind of able to come in, I think, a little fresher maybe than you were on this character um, because, again, I read the volumes, so it's a lot yeah. less um, a lot less well, time that I'm spending they, on these characters. They also started a new, ser- quote-unquote, new series with her for the comics, right? And right. if memory serves, this is one of the... Um, series that was supposed to be a little bit more you know pre-covid so maybe it was going to be finished by now but having that new series go on while this is (laughs) i keep saying series and siri pops up on my computer and is recording everything i'm saying But while this new series is going on, it's like just a little bit too much right now. I feel very drowned in Afra, and because of that, I feel like none of it is done amazingly well. That's fair. I mean, because you're you're keeping up with it on a week by week basis, right? Um, whereas, like, I'm more binging it. Like, if you think about it, like you know, uh, Netflix, if you will, like you sitting and watching you know, an episode a week for, you know, 22 episodes versus me, you know, binge watching 10 to 12 episodes in, you know, a weekend, right? It, it's, you connect with it in a lot, a, a much different way because you have more of that investment, right? Than yeah. you do, um, you know, even like looking at what we were talking about earlier, like Once Upon a Time, um, that even though I binged most of it, like it t- covered 
almost a six months to a year somewhere in there of me watching it. And so I'm a lot more invested in those characters than I am something that I like almost just as much in Stranger Things because there's a weekend or two weekends a year that I'm invested in that. So I think maybe that is something that could be kind of tempering um, your yeah. your take and, on the and character. you and I have talked about this before too with is it really a good thing at this point in being a Star Wars fan, is it really good to be a completist? I'm not saying I get overloaded with Star Wars to the point where I don't enjoy things anymore, but there's times like this where it's like, maybe I just don't need every single Afro story all the time to really enjoy the character. Maybe I am better off just picking it up here and there. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, especially as all this new content is coming out, and I think as Lucasfilm is shifting away from movies as the centerpiece and more into these longer-form storytellings, I think that's something that we're really going to have to um, decide and think about and something that I think they should think about. Like, I always say, because there's in education, there's this uh, there's this feeling that, like, Let's just do more of the same thing and then the kids will get it. And I'm like, more is not better. You know, adding on tutorials, you know, four days a week is not going to improve, you know, bad teaching. More is not better. Better is better. Right? If I can do this in 15 minutes and get the kid to understand it and in That should a, be the win. Yeah. That that's the win, right? Not the oh, I spent, you know, 60 hours this week working with this one kid, right? That's what I kind of feel like um Lucasfilm has to decide is like more is not better like let's not just pump out a whole bunch of comics but let's make sure the comics that we that are coming out are you know Charles Sewell level Vader comic you know um not like what we've got with Age of Republic and stuff oh yeah yeah I mean there's been some some brutal brutal stories you know the Vader well it wasn't the Vader's castle um like the the uh, Dark Visions. Dark Visions. Dark Visions, there we go. Yeah, I still yeah, haven't read that. brutal one. Yeah, don't. Just skip it entirely. But yeah, I would rather get one or two really great stories a year and have them be worth waiting for as opposed to waking up every single Wednesday and having two or three more, more stories. So uh, all of that kind of leads to um, the second part of our topic for today, because I think um, with the audio dramas, you know, it's something you really experience. And, and we've had this story with Afro for a while, so there's not too much new stuff in there. Um, but we do have a lot of new stuff coming out. So I kind of talked about what I would like to see with Star Wars literature going forward. So before we kind of get into... Um, you know, what kind of stories we are, what kind of stories are coming out, Lindsay? Let me ask you, what kind of stories do you want to come out? And you can take that in any direction that you want to, format, style, uh, whatever yeah. you want. Topic, yeah. You know, it's it's so funny you say that because with the uh, Poe Dameron Freefall that just came out, spoiler alert for our future conversation, uh, once we record that, I have learned to be very careful what I wish for. That was the the one I was kind of most excited for going into this year and getting to hear that story a little bit more, see what they did with it. I, again, spoiler alert, uh, pretty disappointed there. But in a way that I sat back and I was kind of just like, <laughs> what I expect? That's <laughs> literally the only thing you could possibly do with this story. Um, but we're going to have a much longer discussion there. But I have learned when it comes to the future of Star Wars stories to be incredibly, incredibly careful with what I wish for, right? Um, really, the obvious answer is the High Republic. You know, I'm just curious, not just the content portion of it, but the integration of it. And how are they going to get all these different types of stories into this one timeline where there's something for everyone? And going back to what we were saying before, is it going to be best to oversaturate yourself? Or should you just find the medium and the characters that you really enjoy and just stick with those? And then when you have time, maybe catch up on the rest. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out. 
mostly though, it's it's been a tough year, dude. You know, it's it's really hard getting excited for things and then finding out that it's pushed off for up to eleven months. You know, the Mandalorian book was supposed to come out on my birthday this year. Now it's literally eleven months later. So I'm almost trying not to get worked up over things, not even to manage my own expectations, but just so that I'm not disappointed if things do get pushed back another three, six, nine months, whatever it is. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, it's like the the anticipation is, I mean, it's literally a drug. Like, scientific studies have shown that, you know, anticipation, the anticipation is more satisfying than actually, like, unwrapping the present. Um, which, you know, kind of to go back to what you were saying about freefall, like that was, this sounds like kind of the direction, uh, that things went for you there. And, you know, we do live in this like, um, unprecedented world, you know, um, and something that I found, and we've talked about this before, and this is not a knock on, on anybody at all, but I've been listening to less and less Star Wars podcasts, um, really just sticking with my favorites or people that I'm connected with. So I'm not spending as many hours of the day, like listening to people, you know, kind of predicting and stuff like we are now and looking forward and anticipating like we are now. Um, and it's really helped my, my enjoyment of things because I'm not spending my entire day, you know, consumed by what is the high Republic going to be or whatever. So I think that that kind of happening at the same time as like all this stuff getting pushed back is I'm not as um, tentative as you, I guess, um, because I just haven't thought about it a lot. Like this conversation is probably the first one um, where I've really talked about like stuff that's coming out in the future. Um, so it, it's it's hard, you know, because you want to be upset because you want these stories and you were told it's coming out at one time and, and now it's coming out at a totally different time. But at the same time, it's like COVID's happening. We can't be too upset. Like people are dying and we're just not getting our books uh, when we were promised them. You know, it's kind of, it's it's that weird, like, you know, like um, in Black Spire where it looks at like the, you know, um, Vi understand, coming to understand how trauma you know, everybody has trauma and one person's trauma does not like invalidate another person's. Like it's kind of the same thing here. Like the fact that we have COVID going on and people are losing their lives and, and things like that. And it's, it's, it's extremely, extremely tragic. And just our whole situation, it doesn't invalidate like, we want these books, <laughs> you know, we want I mean, these stories. I hope that they take a more Taylor Swift approach to this, though, and they're like, hey, Always look, a good idea. <laughs> we've used this as a reset. We've really thought about what we want to do with this, and now we're going to give you the greatest books of all time. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Taylor Swift and Folklore, for the inspiration. See, I think the the thing that they should take away from that and even take away from, um, from Eminem is, you know, dropping these unexpected things i think the, i think more than anything the issue is that they're giving us too much to look ahead to could you imagine if you just woke yes. up one day and they're like hey there's a new mandalorian novel out there get to your bookstores you just that'd like lose your mind absolutely amazing and that's that's what we were talking about you know just in the in the team chat a couple i guess it was a couple weeks ago because you had texted us it was like a random friday night and you're like, oh, rumor has it the Mando season two trailer might drop tonight. And Drew and I were saying, like, that's not really their shtick anymore. They don't really do, like, these random drops. We kind of expect them to almost be like, hey, tomorrow there's going to be a trailer. In eight hours, there's going to be, a, you know, there's, yeah. there's all these trailers to a trailer. And I don't even think it's Star Wars. I think it's kind of how Disney is doing things. And that's, that's fine. But yeah, I would love that midnight drop of, hey, here's a fun surprise for you guys. Whenever you can pick it up, go for it. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, look at what Force Awakens did when they dropped the, the teaser on uh, Black Friday. Like, it's Black Friday in America, and literally nobody was talking about it. <laughs> like, everybody was talking about Star Wars uh, for that entire weekend, which is not the norm. So I think that could be really cool. But looking at looking at the books that and stories that we are getting, um, 
the next uh, big release, so Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark um, came out uh, the 25th, um, so a couple days ago at the time of this recording. Um, and then there's a lot of like younger books uh, that are coming out um, that we're not going to touch on. But the next big release is um, Chaos Rising with Thrawn. And I think we've talked ad nauseum about both of our opinions on Thrawn. Um, so I don't think we really need to dig into that. But then there's a streak where you're looking at a lot of um, kind of reference books, young reader books. You have Fascinating Facts, uh, written by Pablo Hidalgo. Um, you have a young reader book, Star Wars A Jedi, You Will Be. Um, and then you have the the Lightsaber Collection, uh, Expand Your Knowledge of a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Complete Vehicles. Those are all the books that are coming out before we get to November 10th, with, uh, the current date for the release of Certain Point of View, Empire Strikes and I mean, Back. I mean, it's not a book or anything, but don't forget... Um Squadrons coming out October 2nd. I don't right. think there's much of a story mode there, but there's going to be something. So let me ask you, you know, obviously I know you, you're, you play the video games, you're into those, and um, I think if, they, if that's a hit, I definitely think that we could see some future stories going on around um, that kind of idea, you know, um, kind of like an X-Wing series. Are you, do you ever grab the, I know you grab like the, the visual guides for the movies, but in terms of like the, the fascinating facts or expand your knowledge, is that something that you yeah, get into? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy you asked because it is, but it's not with the sense of urgency that I normally do. Okay. But with everything going on now, and since there's not a lot coming out for the rest of the year, right? Like it's not a matter of, um, you know, these reference books are coming out, but we also have these three novels and these comic book stories all coming out, and I need to prioritize my time a little bit differently. I'm kind of excited that these more reference books are coming out, where I now have the time to sit down and just enjoy them and learn a little bit, and it's not like I feel like I am rushed or on some kind of deadline. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point, because... I mean, they are—they're very dense books, especially the ones written by Pablo Hidalgo. Like he gets into—he gets into the weeds about stuff um, to the point. Sometimes I'm reading, you know, like the the Rise of Skywalker visual guide, and I'm like, I kind of wish they didn't tell us that, so that you know they could do a, a story around it or something later on. But yeah, and like you almost feel like it's just a lot to keep in in your head. Yeah, where you wanna you wanna catch kind of certain connections or even contradictions, but it's just it's too much. Well, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about like, is it at this point, is it healthy to be a completionist? You know, um, yeah, I think that's something we can debate. But the one that I'm looking forward to there the most, and I'm going to shock a grand total of zero people with this is the lightsaber collection. I think that's one that yeah. like a lot of people are looking forward to. Um, but the, my thing here and is, again, I w they are giving away too much for free. Um, there was the, I don't know if it was a leak or um, an actual release, but there was the release of the uh, Ben Solo lightsaber uh, portion of the book. And I'm just like, I really would have liked to get that you know, out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, like my entire Twitter feed is talking about Ben Solo's lightsaber instead of, we get this leak where some people get it, you can kind of read it, you kind of can't. Uh, you know, and people are like, oh, hey, this happened. Like, I don't know. That takes away from the excitement for me. I would have I liked to go into to this not knowing anything um, that's going to be in it and just, hey, here's a complete, like, history of lightsabers. And maybe give us one that's, like, an easy one, you know, like the legacy lightsaber. You can give us a little snippet of that. I, I just... Again, like this is why I don't watch the trailers. Like I'm super excited for the Batman, but I haven't watched the trailer at all because I'm like, it's Batman. I'm gonna Same. go see it. So, um, anyway, so those are the reference Same. ones. And it's that funny are you out. say that because I actually I I'm trying to do it with Batman. You know, like anything Star Wars, all this other stuff. I get excited for. I always watch the trailer and do really deep dives. But I was thinking of you and how you don't watch trailers, and I was like, this might be a good one to test this out for. It really, it's added a lot to my uh, my enjoyment of these things, you know? Um, I talked to, about it before, like, I didn't really like Solo as much, you know, in the beginning, and I think a lot of it was because of the trailers and watching the trailers, and, um, you know, even Rise of Skywalker being as invested in the conversation around it as I was, instead of just looking at what I get out of it, 
um, I think takes away from it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I'm glad I have figured out for myself. It's not for everyone. Um, but I think if you, you can manage to, to go into a story, not knowing what it's going to be about, like reading Leia princess of Alderaan with no context and learning that spoiler alert, it's a book about her joining the rebellion and how she does that, like, was really cool. And I went back and looked afterwards, and, you know, they were giving stuff away about that she was, you know, going to be joining the rebellion and why her parents were not um, being very loving towards her, kind of pushing her away a little bit. Whereas, like, that was a huge tension in the story that I, I got really invested in because of that. So with that kind of in mind and, and, you know, what we know about stories and, and everything, we have certain point of view empire strikes back coming out on uh, November 10th. Mm. Um, I've talked about not being a huge fan of the original, um, a certain point of view, which I know I'm in the the vast majority there. Um, but I really, I, I think this one has a lot more to, um, maybe a lot more to offer is the, the right way to put it because, the world building or excuse me the uh the mythology in empire strikes back is so much more so maybe That's getting to see point. that yeah because well because like in um in the original one like it was a lot of characters that i was like i'm not invested in this at all like i don't need the dianoga to be force sensitive and i don't need to spend 47 pages reading about somebody losing their horn you know and stuff like that like that I didn't really care about that stuff. Yeah, whereas I think, I think this, if anything, it's going to be more tangent on like the actual rebel soldiers and imperial soldiers because yeah. you're right. There's not. I'm sure we're going to get some Cloud City stuff. Other than that, there's not a lot that you can really go on those tangents with. Yeah, it's a Empire is a more intimate story than A New Hope, which. Uh, that's what they were supposed to be. You know, that's what they were designed to be. You know, a new hope was building this world empire was really getting you invested in the, uh, the mythology, you know? And if you had said, you know, do you want a story about uh, a force sensitive Dianoga or do you want a story about the, um, you know, the snake that Luke walks by as he's going into the tree and seeing, you know, him, uh, the, the snake, telling you the story of Luke confronting probably what looks like air because he can't see the force vision. Like Mm. it's, it's a different thing, you know, whereas I think, I think for me, again, expectation, a certain point of view, I was expecting it to tell me the story of a new hope. It told me what's happening around a new hope, you know? And, and I think that, um, with empire, it's going to be a lot easier to tell me the story of what's going on in empire maybe even now just having the expectation for okay this is what it's going to be not it's not going to be 40 stories all about my main trio it's going to be six stories about the main trio you know just having those expectations and and i think my big takeaway from the first one is you can have 40 different opinions it's totally fine. You can judge each story individually. There's no reason to say that it's not good because the Amperu one and the Qui-Gon one, those are fantastic. It's okay that the Dianaga one and the R5 one weren't quite as good because those ones you can judge separately. So what I'm saying is it's okay to put it down and say I have 40 different feelings and 40 different opinions for each one of these stories. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a that's a really good point. Um, going back to what we were talking about earlier about how you can hold to um, differing opinions at the same time, right? Um, I say I don't like a certain point of view because overall, it just didn't work for me, just on the grand scale. But there are stories like um, the the Master and Apprentice one with Qui Gon. Um, stands out the first one with captain antilles stands out like there are some stories in there that i really really love but um i think i think that it was i've said before and i'm gonna always continue to say because i really believe it in my core i like that lucasfilm um especially on the publishing side of things is taking these kind of risks with their storytelling you know um even though last shot is 
not even close to my favorite book. I appreciate the fact that they let Daniel Jose Older tell his kind of Star Wars story, right? It just wasn't my kind of Star Wars story. There are a lot of other people who love it. And so I want them to to do that. It doesn't have to be, yeah. Um, But the next two, uh, I guess these aren't really just individual books coming out. There's really two big publishing efforts, um, it seems like, that we know about going into late 2020 and 2021. Um, The first being uh, High Republic and um, the second being the Mandalorian series. So let's look at Mandalorian first because Mandalorian is quickly becoming um, my favorite piece of Star Wars that is not Rebels. Um, And depending on how season two goes, it may even surpass Rebels. I I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, I like, it's, it's, I'm very, very attached to it. Um, So I'm really looking forward to to this. And the first one we have coming out is The Mandalorian Allies and Enemies, which is a young reader book. Uh, We have The Art of Season 1. We have a junior novelization that is not a retelling of Season 1. It's actually a a new novel. And um, the visual guide and then an adult novel... um, the Mandalorian and original novels, all we've got so far on that um, being written by Adam Christopher. So for the Mandalorian um, stuff, are you looking forward to more of the behind the scenes style stuff like we got with the gallery or more stories um, in universe? I think this is one where I'm mostly excited for the reference book for the visual guide, just because there's so many different worlds there that I would like to take my time a little bit more. You know, there's, I don't necessarily need the visual guide to go into every single detail about the crew that he was working with on the, um, you know, the Bill Burr episode. But I'm excited to learn more about the other bounty hunters in the guild and maybe some of the different planets that they were on. You know, stuff, stuff like that I'm really excited to expand on. And I like the reference book because it will allow me to focus more on what I'm interested in and not having to get through 40 pages of stuff that I'm not necessarily interested in. Yeah, and something that I have been thinking about a lot with once they kind of released these Mandalorian um, books is I don't want a lot of it. I don't want a lot of ancillary material um, with the I Mandalorian. think the show should be how we get most of the information. Yeah. Like, like I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think you and I are definitely on the same page there. I don't need a, um, and this is not a knock on Forces of Destiny, but I don't need, the, you know, a Forces of Destiny, like Leia helping the Ewoks uh, fight stormtroopers in between, you know, when she, uh, when we see her um, go with Wicket to when we see her come back uh, with the dress and everything. Like, I don't, I don't need those stories with the Mandalorian. Um, I at least I, not yet. Maybe no, the not show yet. is totally completed, and we want to go back and fill in something. That's fine. Yeah, but also at the same time, like I don't want every single second of these uh, characters' accounted lives for. accounted yeah. for, and to be some, you know, some kind of adventure. Like there needs to be some sense of normalcy for the characters, you know, to be able to relate to them, um, which I think is something Mandalorian does really well. I'll be interested to see how it transfers to the page because on the screen I think you get a lot of um, emotional moments that you know don't have dialogue or you see uh, different ways that Mando cares for baby Yoda um, and you know his trauma in the past and stuff like that and I like you know getting that slow burn I'm really a huge fan of that slow burn and so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that these novels um you know, I, I imagine the young reader one will be much more of a uh, like quick adventure kind of thing. But I don't want the the original like adult novel that's coming out. I don't want it to be like um, like the last two Thrawn books, where it's like, oh, he's off screen on Rebels, so here's the things that happen in those four days. Um, either give it to me when we have you know an actual story to tell. Don't just don't just put I mean, something out because Mando's with, uh, popular. Queen's, what was it? Queen's Shadow or Queen's Peril? I knew I was going to do this. I knew I'd always, always, always get these two. No, that, I, I think the more this was Drew. One that came in. This was this, Drew's issue. Yeah, we yeah. Didn't need every single off-screen moment of Phantom Menace accounted for. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, we talked about it on that episode. That worked for me because I think they they did it effectively. Uh, I, and I feel like um, it added a lot to it added a lot of weight to the Phantom Menace for me. Um, something like that. And again, like this. This goes back to, you know, you can't make everybody happy. So, it, you know, if it works for me, it's not going to work for somebody else and vice versa. Um, but I don't want I don't want stories for the sake of sake of of stories. Excuse me. I want stories because we have a story to tell and we have something that matters. Yeah. And I I think that that leads right us right into um, what really everybody is excited about, which is the High Republic. So, so far, we've got. um uh, we have three books, I believe, uh, that have been announced. Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell, which is a novel. Um, High Republic Test of Courage by Justina Ireland, which is a junior novel. And High Republic Into the Dark by the wonderful Claudia Gray, which is a young adult mm-hmm. novel. I think I think um, we're both most excited for the Claudia Gray one. Is that fair? I don't know. I think I'm actually more excited for Charles Sewell. Just, you know, it's it's new for him. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does with it. I wouldn't be surprised if after everything comes out, I sit there and say, no, 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 the Claudia Gray one is still my favorite. Um, She's, you know, she's the goat. But in terms of most excited, I think the Charles Soule one, for no reason other than it's going to be new. Yeah, I I think that's fair. And it'll be interesting to see, too, like, it's going to be a new story, right? With, you know, it's an original story. Um, it's going to be one of the kickoff books for this new um, endeavor that Lucasfilm was taking on. But, you know, also it's new in terms of having Charles Sewell writing a novel, you know, and where where he doesn't have the images to help tell the story, but he has to, you know, use his words. And that's not saying that he can. I absolutely think he can, um, but it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of transfers over right it's 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 almost like uh you know george going from movies to a tv show it's like we know he can tell stories uh we know he understands how stories work and all of that stuff but can he transfer it to this different medium which you know he did very effectively with clone wars and i think charles Sewell will do it very effectively um but i mean claudia gray young adult novels like that's that's like the sweet spot right there like that's yeah, yeah. that's comfort but that's, food that's why i mean yes yeah i look at that as almost like a going home and it's comforting to know that we have that to look forward to so even if high republic is disappointing even if these other two books aren't quite what we wanted we know we still have something to look forward to so it's yeah, it's it's that comfort food mentality, and that's totally cool. So let's kind of wrap this up with this question: What is one thing that you will use air quotes need out of the new Rep- or High Republic, and what is something that would not necessarily ruin it for you, but leave a really sour taste in your mouth? Ooh, good question. Okay, um, I think. The one thing that I would really need is, huh, I think a little bit more of the Force. You know, I I trust that we're going to get good characters. I trust there's going to be good tension. But I would really like to focus more on the Force in the way that, so far, only Master and Apprentice has done. Um, So that's something I'm... and, And Dark Disciple. Um, with those two, those are really the only exceptions, and I'd like to learn more about the Force itself, or see the Force play a major character. The second question, what was it? What would, what would that kind of break it for me? But yeah, break it or you know, leave a sour taste in your mouth. Something that you're like, something you would eye roll at. You know, however you want to phrase it. Um, you know, for me, it's it's a lot of the villains, the antagonists. It sounds like the antagonist group that we're getting is going to be pretty cool, but if they are lame in any way, it's going to be hard to get into anything else here. So I would say uh, I'm kind of on a similar path with you um, in terms of really wanting more Force lore, um, and and I think having the Jedi at the height of their... Um, not even their power, because I think that's that the height of their power would be the prequels, but the height of their 
uh, goodness and purity, I think, is kind of the approach they're taking with High Republic and seeing how they relate to the Force, um, hopefully getting more of that weird Force stuff that we get with, you know, Mortis and Night Sisters and stuff. Um, the one, the the thing that could sour it for me completely, um, and and honestly, like I think, unless unless by some miracle they were able to convince me that this works, this would put it in like the okay. Well, now we're in Thrawn, where we're getting a whole bunch of stuff we don't really care about. Is if they have um, characters that are outside the Force. I really hate when uh, they Ooh, they they dismiss yeah. the Force. You know the the Salamari in. Uh, the heir to the empire trilogy like it it ruins a lot of those books for me um i haven't gotten to the use on vong yet i'll read it for sure because um, i want to see that experience but just the idea of that is something that i am very very much against um because if it's created by all living things if it surrounds us and binds us like it logically um doesn't make sense that there's something that could be outside of it um and so I don't. I don't want to see that. I hope these Vikings are not, not something that um, you know are outside of the force. I think the way that you you make it interesting and you build that tension between like what the Jedi are willing to do um, and stuff is is having those moral dilemmas. Not oh no, our special powers don't work, so we can't defeat them. But like our morality does not match up with what we need to do to be able to defeat them. You know, finding that third way, like we get with Luke, like we get with Ahsoka um, and, and Ben and Ray and like all of these heroes that are characters that people are invested in. It's because they found a way to do the impossible without sacrificing their morality. Um, and, and I, I would love to see some more of those moral dilemmas going on for the Jedi, because I think if you keep this going, if you tell this story over a long long span of time um both you know in our world and in universe you can get that devolving of the jedi order and seeing that morality start to slip so i'm really looking forward to it i know uh, i know our friends over at sith talk are excited about it. a lot of people are excited about about this and we'll definitely be here talking about it um when it comes out but to to wrap up let's jump back to Afer real quick um, we've had, we had our conversation, um, we talked about it a little bit and I want to know now you started at a two, uh, out of five, two murder droids. Where are you at now with Afra? It's still a two for me, my friend. Okay. You unfortunately did not convince me. Well, I'm, for me, it's the same thing. Uh, I'm still at a four. Uh, good, good. I would, yeah. hate to, I would hate to make you drop it down a few pegs. So I'm happy it's still at a four for you. But for me, maybe maybe it really is just the way in which I've absorbed Afra up to this point. Yeah, and I, th- I think we both took different things away from the story. Um, I think you took you were looking more at the story itself, um, and I was looking more at the I guess um, my interpretation of the character of Afra, um, and so we we both came into it with different things and and came out of it with different things so that's the fun thing about this and after having this conversation about uh you know future books and and stuff that is coming out in terms of the future of star wars publishing both with uh what we know is coming out and, and the direction that we feel like they are heading on a scale of uh one to five uh let's do kawaki and monkey lizards how many how many salacious bee crumbs do you give the future of Star Wars books? Um, hmm. Right now, with what we have announced, just right now, what's been announced, what's on the, the map, honestly, like a three. Okay. I really do think, I mean, we're recording this at the time we were supposed to be at Celebration. I think in the next, you know, 72 hours or so, that might change. I hope it does. I hope there's going to be some good announcements. Um, don't know if it, there will be, but just for right now, what we have, yeah, I'll say a solid three. All right. I would give it a, I'd give it three and a half. Um, you maybe want to three and a, a roasted quacky and monkey lizard, uh, <laughs> because I, I give it that extra little bit because I think, um, I, I feel like they're learning to not just pump out a whole bunch of, um, stuff just for yeah. the sake of having stuff. Um, I, I feel like that the the Mandalorian, the fact that they're only releasing 
you know, two real new stories um, in that publishing effort. And that High Republic, they're not just like, here's 15 books or here's a 19 book uh, series. But they're like, here are three books that you're going to get um, and we'll tell you more later, I think is a really healthy way to to do that. And I'm hoping that because they're doing it like that, that's going to give them the opportunity to uh, more swiftly realize what what the audience wants, you know, and, and shift in that direction. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the reaction to both Dooku and um, Afra in as audio dramas, I feel like we're definitely going to get some more of those. Um, and and like I said, I want them to go in those unique um, whether it be the medium or the type of storytelling, um, don't just give me the same old, same old over and over again. Even if, even if I don't like it, because I get, I get personally, I get excited about other people getting excited about yeah, stuff too. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Well, that is going to that's going to wrap our discussion for today. Uh, we will come back. Um, like Lindsay alluded to, to talk about free fall. Um, if you are wondering if you should get into that book, um, if you want a, an opposing opinion to, to Lindsay's, uh, definitely check out uh, Adriana and I got to um, talk with Alex Segura, who is the author of the book, and we have a non-spoiler um, preview of that book uh, on the feed. So definitely check that out and uh, make sure you are tuned here for everything because we will not only be talking about uh, Poe Dameron, we're going to be talking about Dark Legends, which I have a lot of thoughts about, um, new books that are coming out, all of that stuff. We're, we're hitting that point. We've got so many books coming out. We get these lulls and now it's just like, a ton of books coming out. And so uh, we will be here for that and uh, so much more. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Come hang out with us on Twitter at Clashing Sabers or in our Facebook group, uh, Clashing Sabers Star Wars. Just put that in and you will find it. Um, if you, uh, dear listener, are invested in Star Wars literature, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast and you want to help the future of uh, Star Wars publishing, the way you can do that is by donating to our Patreon, uh, which supports our nonprofit efforts to get Star Wars books into schools and classrooms across the country. Uh, we will be sending out some here in the next few weeks now that school has started back up to help some kids start their year off right. So if you have a teacher you would like to uh, recommend books being sent to, uh, make sure you go over to ClashingSavers.net uh, and nominate a teacher over there uh, so that we can get some books to them and their students. I think that pretty much covers. Uh, there's some stuff in the works behind the scenes that you're definitely going to want to um, stay tuned for, and uh, more will come on that later. But, Lindsay, if they want to know uh, what's up with you in quarantine and uh, all that good stuff, where can they find you at? I mean, it's a much shorter list. <laughs> Just find me over on Twitter at the, lady, uh, at the Lady of Lore or over on our Facebook group. And randomly over on Sith Talk. Can't forget that because... <laughs> Every now and then. Every now and then. I'm like... I just love oh, them. They're, they're the best. You know? Like, I, I, I can't fault you. Hanging out with them is always a good time. So make sure you go over to Adapter Media and uh, subscribe there too so you can get some Sith Talk uh, going on there. If you, if you just like... If you like us, uh, you know, just talking and, and two friends talking about, you know, something that they love, um, then you're definitely going to like Sith Talk. So go over there. And uh, I think that's it. So I guess I'll just close it by saying keep reading, keep writing, but whatever you do, don't burn the sacred text. All right, by this point, you know how this goes. Their stuff, their stuff, our stuff, our stuff. Not associated with Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy, give me a call. Dave Filoni, I'm there if you need me. Our thoughts? They're our thoughts. They don't reflect Lucasfilm or anybody else associated with this stuff. So, if you don't like it, we're sorry. If you do like it, great. Let us know either way on iTunes, on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Rate us, review us, share us, tell your friends about us, and dadgummit, whatever you do, just don't burn the sacred text. had enough. Seize fire.